Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Well, <clears throat> I want to begin with a scripture this morning and to talk about a concept that all of us experience uh, in our lives. And if you don't, then you're an exceptional individual. In Exodus 7, 13 and 14, it says, to, it says, Yet Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not listen to them as the Lord had said. Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Chazak, that's the word that's used there to harden. How Pharaoh hardened his heart. And how many of you know what this word chazak means? We say it at the end of every book, right? It means to strengthen, right? Well, he, in other words, he made his heart hard. He was guarding his heart that, uh, uh, against whatever was going to come against it. Chazak. It goes on to say, Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is stubborn. He refuses to let the people go. So here's a different word. God interprets it another way. This chazak that Pharaoh is doing to his heart. God interprets it as kabed. Kabed means to be stubborn or resist. And so what we do very often in our own stubbornness, I want us to think about this in terms of our own stubbornness. Now stubborn, being stubborn is not always a bad thing. Not always. But usually it is. Don't you think? I mean, look at our own government. We have people who are stubborn on one side, stubborn on the other, and nothing happens. That's an, that's an example of stubbornness that gets all of us nowhere. In fact, it may go, it's worse than nowhere. But I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about you and me and our dealings with one another. So somebody wants to find stubbornness this way. They said stubbornness is the tendency to resist any form of change. It is defined as refusing to move or change one's opinion, the trait of being difficult to handle or overcome, resolute adherence to your own ideas and desires. Stubbornness is essentially an entrenched resistance to change. Now, that might, that's, a, that's a pretty good definition, but this thing goes on to say, makes a comment about it all by saying, and given that life is all about change, stubbornness is effectively a resistance to life itself. Nowhere is that more evident than in the, than the parsha that we're reading right now. This one and next week's parsha, Bo, which we will touch on just a moment, for just a moment at the end. So I wanted to think, what are the characteristics? How can you and I recognize stubbornness in our own lives? I mean, not just, not just being, uh, you know, feeling like we're right, which when I feel like I'm right, you know, I want to stick to my guns if I can. I'm sure you feel the same way. But what are the characteristics when we pass from being resolute about a matter to being stubborn? And we're going to take a look at it through 
the eyes of Pharaoh for a moment and in this, this parsha. Well, let me suggest that there are a number of a number of uh, symptoms of uh, of stubbornness that we all need to be aware of. The first one is pride. First one is pride. So look at this portion. It says, And afterward Moses and Aaron came and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may worship me in the wilderness. Okay? Now this is after a first time, you'll remember. He had come to Pharaoh. He talked to Pharaoh originally. He did the whole snake trick and everything else. That didn't seem to impress him very much. But... uh, but Pharaoh wasn't willing to do anything at that time. You know, it's, you know that's a nice trick, Moses. But you know, please, uh, I got uh, Henny Youngman coming later on. He'll be he'll be better. Uh, so so he leaves. He comes back, and he says, "Let my people go." Very famous thing. And he, and look at Pharaoh's response. Because that's where the first issue is of pride. But Pharaoh said. Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and besides, I will not let Israel go. Who is the Lord that I should listen to him? After all, I'm Pharaoh. I'm a god too. Let him come down here and, you know, we'll duke it out. Well, you know, here's the thing. You know, it's, it's the first... If that's the first thing that's going on, in our discussion between one another. Somebody comes to you with an idea or a suggestion about what needs to happen. And the first thing that goes on in your mind is like, who are you to tell me? Now, how many times has that happened in your life? Somebody you think has no business telling you because after all, you're smarter than they are or you know more about the subject than they do or whatever. You get it. Happens to all of us. You know, I think about it all the time. Give, give, let me explain to you. I get people's opinions about what's written in the Bible, like, I don't know, 10 times a day. And I'm like, so I've been at this for 30 years, studying with the best minds that I can, and you come up with that idea? Who do you think you are? In the meantime, I'm not always right. Sometimes people actually have really smart ideas. That maybe I just overlooked because, gee, I think too much of myself. And certainly Pharaoh's thinking too much of himself, and that's what pride is when we think too much of ourselves. And it's the first place that gets into this entrenched area of life that we're calling stubbornness. Right? And what does the Torah say about that? Well, Torah has something to say about it. It tells us, pride goes before destruction and the haughty spirit before stumbling. It's the first step down the road to something very destructive in our lives. So first we have to think, are we acting pridefully? Clearly, Pharaoh is acting pridefully in his dealing. He could have said, hmm, wow, you guys are pretty cool, Moses. Maybe you ought to, dis- how about we discuss it? No. He'll discuss it. He's going to have to be persuaded. 
So this next thing is fear. Now, I'm jumping a little bit because I've jumped from chapter, chapter 5 to chapter 7 here, uh, chapter 8. In, in chapter 8, it says, Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Go, sacrifice your God within the land. Here's what happened. If you look at the portion, he sent a plague of insects, right? Uh, I'll bet you that new movie, The Insect Play, was pretty, like, pretty cool, right? Insects everywhere, freaking everybody out and the whole thing. Well, so a plague comes upon Israel that his men cannot duplicate. You understand? There had been plagues, the first couple of plagues, like when they made the, uh, when they made the um, Nile red with blood, his guys duplicated that one. There's another one, and they duplicated another. But there came a moment when, they could, when the wizards of Egypt could no longer duplicate the plagues. And Pharaoh says in his own mind, I'm sure, hmm, there could be something to this. And instead of saying, okay, I need to sit down with them and actually negotiate in good faith, he, step two, in our dealing with people, we become afraid. Fear now creeps in. So first pride, and then fear. And when we get afraid, something else is going to happen to us. I know that most of us, we don't deal with fear all that well. When we feel afraid of something, we react poorly, not smartly. And Pharaoh is no different in, the, in, his, uh, in his action toward the Israelites at this stage of the game. He's not going to operate faithfully in this whole thing. He's going to operate in ways that are self-protective. That's exactly what he does. He says, okay, I'm going to protect myself and lie. So let's see what it says here. It says, Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice the Lord your God in the wilderness, only you shall not go very far and make supplication for me. Okay, I got it. You guys, I have to protect myself. And this is what happens when we want, when our position is being threatened and we want to hold on to it and we don't, we're afraid of change. We go from fear to self-protection. Okay, when I'm afraid, I got to make sure that I'm secured. So he does so. But he's lying the whole time. Pharaoh never has any intention during any course, part of this episode, if you've read through the uh, story of the Exodus before, of ever letting the children of Israel go. But he's got to figure it out because he's re he realizes that he is dealing with powers that he's not entirely in control of. And that's new to him. Right? It's a new situation for him. Up until now, he has never been threatened by anything. And now the threat comes. And he's, he's figuring out, what can I do? Instead of submitting to it 
and letting the children go. See, sometimes we're, you know, we face, we confront a position where we need to submit to one another. You know? Right or wrong, by the way, whether we're right or wrong. Do you ever consider that? That sometimes you can be right and it's still a better thing to submit. Not everything is a matter of honor. Not everything is a matter of principle. Not everything is a matter of life and death. Sometimes it's a matter of getting along, of doing good instead of bad, instead of resisting, just doing a good thing. Pharaoh cannot see it, that he, you know, who knows what life might have been like had this Pharaoh recognized in the, in the Israelite people an ally instead of an enemy. After all, that first Pharaoh had, he saw Joseph and his family as friends. And it got along wonderfully. It was a blessing for Egypt. It was a blessing for the children of Israel. The new king rises up over him and all he can see is what threatens him. This is very often how we feel about the, the stranger. They come into our midst and they, all we can see is, some, the, is the other. You know? And by seeing only the other, we make him an enemy or make her an enemy instead of recognizing that we might, if things are done well, have a, have a friend instead of an enemy. Particularly in our own, when you're living in close proximity to one another, like we are in a congregational context, being stubborn is not a trait that's very worthy. What we need is to understand and be flexible with one another. Certainly not this self-protective, lying to each other in order to make sure that my kuktukas is the one that gets covered. Okay? Okay, so what do we got? We've got pride, we've got fear, we've got self-protection. You need to be keeping these things in mind in the midst of your negotiating about uh, with somebody. Am I utilizing all of these things or am I just trying to find the best solution to a problem? Because all of those things, I want you to think, let's think about this. So pride, fear, self-protection. And when I get to that stage, that's when we get back to how this thing was introduced to us in the first place. Remember what it said? Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Hazak. Right? It was Hazak. God says that his, he was stubborn. He equated those two ideas of the hardness of Pharaoh's heart with this stubbornness that he was going to demonstrate. And so it says in, verse, uh, in verses 8, Verse 8.32, it says, But Pharaoh hardened his heart this time also and did not let the people go. You see, right after this, he decides, I'm not letting them go. He hardened his heart. It says, 
paró el libo, el libo, his heart. He made his heart stubborn. He strengthened it. And he resolved that he was not going to let them go. And that's a problem. You know, this word habed is very interesting. If you look it up in, the, in these you know, the lexicons, it gives the sense of heavy. You know, it's related to the word kavod, right? This is the word we use for glory, <laughs> interestingly enough. Kavod, which it means heavy. So it's, related, it's a related word. It's not the same word, but it is related to that. So it's like when I harden my heart, I make it heavy. And here's the problem with that heaviness. That heaviness affects everybody around me. Not just me. But when my heart becomes hard and, I'm, and I have a heavy heart all the time, that heaviness is conveyed to those all around me. And that's not our work. Messiah Yeshua said to us, Come to me, all you who have, uh, are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy and it's light. We're supposed to lighten the load of others with wh- in whom we may have, even those with whom we may have a conflict, even with them. Rather than weigh burdens on them, we're supposed to lighten them. But if we're making our hearts heavy, stubborn, unmovable, then we can't, be a, we can't help anybody, least of all of ourselves. And so we're told that we should have a flexible heart, you know, a soft and supple heart. Because only in that way can we resolve the conflicts that are invariable in the world? I mean, let's get, let's get over it. We, you know, there are always going to be conflicts. We all come at things from different angles. And if we're ever going to be able to live together in peace and harmony, then that means we all have to be soft and supple and be willing to hear the other person and come to conclusions that we can all live with, right? If it's got to be my way or the highway... I'm going to be on the road all by myself, in all likelihood. And it could lead to something even worse than that, destruction. Let's listen to this. So we're getting a little outside the the Parsha right now, but I had to in order to resolve my issues here. So in the 10th book of, uh, 10th chapter of Exodus, it reads, uh, and then the Lord said to Moses, let me see, what was my uh, thing? Oh yeah, that's the hardness thing. Okay, you see how it says, but Pharaoh hardened his heart and did not let him go. Well, that leads to this, destruction. It says there, it says, Kiani hakabeti el libo. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I may perform these signs of mine upon them, among them. Okay. Your heart, you, you insist on your heart being hardened. Watch what happens when I harden it. 
Watch what happens when I let it go. When I no longer can speak to you in your spirit. When you've been abandoned to yourself. Watch what happens. See, we often wonder about this, this thing. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. You know, what is that about? How can you blame Pharaoh if God hardened him and then beat him up for it? But it didn't work that way. That's not how it worked. That's not how it works in you and me. It doesn't start with God, God hardening us. It starts with us hardening ourselves. And then at some point, God lets it go. In the first chapter of the book of Romans, Paul is describing the condition of the unbelieving world about all the different things that they give themselves over to. They gave themselves over to this, and they gave themselves over to that sin, and they gave themselves over to another. And so God said, he get, then it says, and so God gave them over. If they insisted on it, then go ahead and then live with the consequences of your actions. Live with the end game of where that attitude will bring you. And there's an end game here too. God doesn't want to curse Egypt. That's not his purpose in freeing his people. His purpose in freeing his people so that they should be free. And he should let them go and they can be full. he can fulfill his promise to them to be a great nation. But there's someone stubborn who started out at the beginning who says, who is God that I should listen to him? I'm king around here. I'm the one who makes the rules. And he had to find out the hard way that he is by no means the one who makes the rules. There is one in heaven who makes the rules for all of us. And there shouldn't be any stubbornness among us. We should be listening with open hearts to hear his voice together. Because frankly, we only hear the voice of God together. People, I want you to understand that. We I don't hear the voice of God alone. I hear that voice echoed in all of yours. And the same thing is true for all of you. See, the minute we start hearing singular voices is the day we die. Understand that? We think we all we want to do is think about the prophets and how the prophets were crying out alone. I am alone and left. You know, Elijah and so on and so forth. Uh-uh. That's a ticket for disaster. It worked for them. But I have not met a Navi in my lifetime. Maybe you have, but I have not. When I do, then I'll listen. And he's going to have to demonstrate that Navi thing to me very well. No, instead we study together, we learn together, we listen together, we argue together, and together we hear the voice of God. Pharaoh cannot hear any voice but his own, and it leads, therefore, to destruction. You hardened your heart, and you kept hardening your heart, and so it says, Kiani Kabati El Libon. Okay, you hardened his heart. Now, I'm going to harden his heart. 
And it says, it continues to say, let me see. I don't know if I did that one. Yes. It's a lot of text, so let me read it. It says in the 11th chapter, Thus says the Lord, about midnight I'm going into the midst of Egypt. And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of the Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the millstones, all the firstborn of the cattle as well. Moreover, there shall be a great cry in all the land of Egypt, such as has not been before, and such as shall never be again. Destruction. This is where stubbornness leads. It gets us absolutely nowhere. We have to open our hearts if we're ever going to accomplish anything good for one another and certainly accomplish the will of God. So listen, you now have all the symptoms of stubbornness. We'll go over them real quick again. Pride, fear, self-protection, hardness, which leads to destruction. We can't, be, we can't allow those things in our lives. So what does the scripture tell us? How blessed is the man, how blessed is the man who fears always but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. So let's not do that, shall we? No, instead let's uh, keep an open heart and an open mind wherever we go, with whomever we are. So with that in mind, I'd like to ask you all to stand. Let's pray. Lord God of the universe, we acknowledge you as the great I am, the, the one. And may we always have an open heart toward you, no matter what the situation may be. Lord, I pray for our government, because our government has been stubborn and not been able to have an open heart and mind with one another. And I pray, Lord, for that unity that will bring movement in our people and our government. Uh, May it be toward you, toward your goals for our country, for our people. Lord, you uh, demonstrate in these portions that you are not only the creator, but you are the redeemer. And yet, if we go further, we know that you are more than the redeemer. You are the one who consummates all things, who brings all things to their fullness. And we pray that you will bring this world into fullness, the fullness of what you have, what you have envisioned for your creation.